Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashah. And Mashah grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Misraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? The scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahiah, Ashar, Ahiah. Meaning I am that I am, I will be who I will be. He said, moreover to him, thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father, who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light. We would not have his people to walk in darkness. For I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages and apply them to the four Hebrew letters, 
Yod, Hey, Wah, Hey, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might read from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to field Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name of Yahuwah forever. Shalom. And Shabbat Shalom. Welcome to Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Abeyahu or Obadiah. I am just a humble servant of Yahweh. I'm coming to you in the name of our Creator, our Master, our Heavenly Father, whose name is Yahweh. He is our Supreme Elohim. And I speak to you in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, our elder brother, our King, and our High Priest. On today's show, we're going to be speaking about understanding how the Torah was strengthened and not thrown away through the renewed covenant. Uh, this particular 
instruction for the next three days will lead us step by step as to how the instructions and the teachings of our Heavenly Father Yahweh were strengthened rather than weakened. Uh, you have read in the word that uh, the particular Torah was weak because of its physical intent, but then we're going to be understanding what the true meaning of the spiritual intent is. And that is what I'll be discussing with you on today and on Saturday and on Sunday as well. So I'm glad that you are here with us on Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. It is brought to you by SALT, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth. Also, the Bullock and the Palmer Foundation, as well as the Jones Family Foundation out in Nevada. Shalom, shalom unto all of you. Uh, let's go over a couple of announcements, and then we will go straight into today's lesson. Today is Friday, April the 17th, 2020, according to the man-made uh, Jesuit Gregorian calendar. It is the 28th day of the first Kodush, so we are almost done with this first month. So tomorrow will be your Shabbat, okay, which will be on the 29th, so Shabbat Shalom. I uh, hope that you will enjoy your day of rest in him. And then we're going to be, in a couple of days, going into our second Kodush or our second month of Abib. We call it, you know, the second month of spring. Hallelujah. All right? So that's just to uh, bring you uh, up to speed, it, you know, if you are keeping the timetable of Yahweh. Um, here are the following announcements. We will have the show today, tomorrow, and Sunday, um, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. If you are on the West Coast, it will start at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. We are also having what we call our Zoom discussions. Uh, for more information, go on to the Zoom page on Talk, Teach, and Touch Bar Radio on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, if you would like to join our meetings, please email me. Um, the email address is real simple, talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and that way we will be able to bring you into our discussions. Uh, we have them either during the radio broadcast or after the radio broadcast. So on uh, today we're going to have our Zoom radio or our Zoom discussion after the uh, particular radio broadcast, it will be at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. If you are on the West Coast, it will start at 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that way, people will be able to have time to come into the Zoom discussion. Uh, that is also brought to you by SALT. So we just thank uh, the Most High Yahweh for having these Zoom discussions. We have been sitting now talking about the abomination of desolation and the transgression of desolation. We'll be doing a part seven on that on this afternoon. All right. Uh, I hope all of you, uh, last week you enjoyed your uh, Chag Hatmazah, uh, your Feast of Unleavened Bread. Uh, that was 
commanded by Yahweh for his people to do, to observe it. And we need to get a better understanding of the intent of why we should do it. So, um, with no further ado, we'll go right into the uh, teaching on today. i also like to thank our brother Bennett for the introduction as he speaks about proclaiming the name of Yahweh. So that is very, very important. All right. Let's look at a very key verse. And before we start, I like to go to the book of Yahshayahu, the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, and verse 20. I want to go over this for one reason. Uh, you, you start to see this verse a lot on social media as we are in this quote-unquote, uh, this um, pandemic. People are calling it the pandemic, but this this pandemic of the uh, coronavirus 19, right? And a lot of people, you know how uh, people are, they love cliches and how they just love to just pluck things out of uh, the particular scriptures uh, for their pleasures. Well, let's read uh, Yahshua or Isaiah chapter 26, and you will see what I'm talking about. Uh, people are saying this is what you do when there is a crisis going on upon the earth. Um, it says this, Come, my people, enter. you enter to your chambers and shut the, your doors about you. Hide yourself as if it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, Yahuwah comes out of this place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their lawlessness. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Now, this is what we call cherry picking when people are plucking parts of uh, verses of scripture and then they post it and say, hey, y'all, there's nothing worry, there, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, just get into your house and close the door and uh, Lord or God, you know, Jehovah, Yahweh, whatever they want to call our um, supreme Elohim, he's going to cover you. Well, maybe we need to go back a couple of verses and see exactly who was he talking to. Okay, he wasn't talking to everyone. He was talking to a particular people. Hallelujah. Let's go back a couple of verses, a few verses back. Let's start with verse 10. Yahshayahu, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 10. Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet Will he not learn righteousness? In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of Yahweh. Yahweh, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people. Yea, the fire of your enemies shall devour them. Yahweh, you will ordain shalom for us. 
for you also have wrought all our works in us. O Yahuwah, Elohaniu, other masters besides you have had dominion over us, but by you only will we mention or make mention of your name. They are dead. They shall not live. Okay, we had verse 14. Okay, they are deceased. They shall not rise. Therefore, have you visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish? Okay. Verse 15. You have increased the nation, O Yahuwah. You have increased the nation. You are extinct. You have removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Yahuwah. In trouble have they visited you. They pour out a tefla, a prayer, when your chastiser was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draws near the time of her delivery, is in pain and cries out in their pains. So have we been in your sight, O Yahuwah. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as if it were, brought forth wind. We have not brought any delivery in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Your dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, you that dwell in dust. For your dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth, watch this, the earth shall cast out the dead. When you talk about the Rapha, that's when Yahuwah is going to, or Raphaim, he's going to resurrect those who are buried. Come out, my people. You enter into your chambers. This is what it means in this case. Shut your doors about you. Hide yourself, if it were for a little moment, until the indignation go past or overpass you. Uh, you will read in the ISR until the displeasure is past. For look, Yahuwah is coming out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their crookedness, and the earth shall disclose her blood and no longer cover her slain. This is how Yahuwah is going to keep his people in perfect shalom. Okay, that's why we say Shabbat Shalom, because we're waiting for that thousand years of shalom. Okay, so, so much for that. I just wanted to um, show you that. This is a song that was sung before Babylon came through. Okay? This shows the contrast between Babylonia and Jerusalem. One version speaks about the city of this world and its children. 
The other talks about the city and the home of the Kadashim, the children of Yahweh. When it talks about the fate of Babylonia, you can read that earlier in this particular chapter. But Yahuwah's protection over his people is, quote, unquote, the double doors that's going to be placed around us so that it will cancel out any intrusion on the soul of those who belong to him. He is our rock. He's the rock of our salvation, right? He levels the path of the righteous. If you do not practice righteousness in Yahweh, you would not be protected. And this is exactly what this particular verse is talking about. So I just wanted to make clear of that because we're starting to see more and more of this verse and how they're trying to relate this to the coronavirus, whether they're in the United States or in Europe or whatever, but it's talking about his people who are coming to Yashariel. All right. Let's talk about what the renewed covenant, or we call it the Brit HaKadashah, did it get rid of Torah, or did it, as a matter of fact, make Torah even much more important for us to keep? Hmm, that's something to think about. Let's break down a little bit, shall we, about what is Torah? Torah is instructions and teachings of Yahweh. It does contain law. The law is not Torah. It contains instructions and teachings that keep people in righteousness. What is given righteousness unto you is what? Is your amunia. It is the Hebrew word for your absolute belief that introduces you into righteousness. Believing in who Yahuwah is and who Yahusha is. Knowing who you are and whose you are. And once you come in, then Torah, the instructions and the teachings, is given to you so that you will maintain your righteousness. Let's break down a little bit, all right? Because we need to understand the traditions of man and the commandments. Of Yahweh. Everybody, when when I talk about the commandments, or whenever that word um, is brought up, uh, the commandment is usually being spoken of as the Ten Commandments. Okay, all right. Well, we we have to keep the Ten, right? There are some pastors in uh, you know many Christian churches that is teaching that you don't even need to keep those, okay? That is such foolishness, okay? And we'll discuss why in just a moment. But there is something that Yahusha was speaking to the Pharisees about because the Pharisees was trying to hold on to their traditions. 
And what are those traditions that they had adopted? Well, we talked about that on our Zoom meetings, okay? And I'd like to discuss it with you on our show today. There is a standard in which Yahuwah has lifted up unto his people. Let's talk about the traditions of man and how they are interrupting the commandments of Yahweh. The teachings of the ancestors, that can be seen in Mark chapter 7. Let's go there. And I believe it's in the book of Matthew as well, or Matthew. But I'd like to go to Mark 7, just to show you what Yahusha was speaking about. Now listen to what he says. Let's start with verse 1. The Pharisees, or the Pharisaic law, if you want to use that terminology, they were more into rituals, customs, and traditions. They learned what we call the Tegonauts. Okay? The Tegonauts, which were human traditions elevated as laws. These Tegonauts had invaded and polluted the word of Yahweh. And this happened when the Yahudim were coming out of Babylonian captivity. Now, these quote-unquote, and this is where you will hear the first terminology of the word rabbi, okay, which you hear today, you have these quote-unquote, these rabbis walk around with their prayer shawls or their talits, feeling that they are more important than the ones who they teach. Classical, and I'm just going over some history here, classical Jewish law granted rabbinic sages, and it widens legislative powers, meaning that these rabbis, quote unquote, not mores, but these rabbis could add to the law or to the Torah of Yahweh at will. They spliced up singular laws out of context and made multiple laws. In in many cases, when Yahuwah had not even spoken these things, there are two powerful legal tools within what we call the Halaic system that was given to the rabbis. Giving people a chance to write it down. Number one, the Takanah, T-A-K-K-A-N-A-H. The Takanah is positive legislation. What does that mean? Practices instituted as laws that are rabbis not directly based on the commandments of Yahweh as such. That's called a Takanah, okay, positive legislation. Practices instituted as laws by the rabbis not directly aimed or based 
on the Torah or the commandments of Yahweh. Number two, there is another legal tool that they use known as the Kazera or the Kazira. G-E-Z-E-I-R-A-H. They, this was called the preventive legislation. These were done by the classical rabbis, instituted as laws, intended to prevent violations of the commandments of Yahweh. So when you have the Gezerah and the Teganot put together, they were called Teganots. Or they were called the traditions of men, also known as the commandment of men. And they were highly elevated as being the law of the land, especially in the society of the Yahudim. Now, these are what the Jewish people still practice today. And a lot of times when you look at the Teganites, they were blended in from what we call the Talmud. There are two different types of Talmud, number one. There was the Babylonian Talmud, and then you had what they call the Jerusalem Talmud. Okay, you could do the research. One of the particular things that they taught you not to do, that Yahuwah commanded you to do, and it's in your commandments that Yahuwah spoke to his children, you was not to say the name, the sacred name of Yahuwah. That was one of the Taganites. I'm just giving you an example. So, what did they do about that? What, what, well, how could you call upon Yahuwah? Well, they started to call him Hashem. I'm quite sure many of you have heard that from Jewish communities and uh, from people who claim that they are practicing the truth, but they are saying Hashem. Hashem just means the name. They got it from Jewish traditions, which goes all the way back to the Pharisaic Taganites. Okay? We can't say his name. We have to say the name. We have to say Hashem, because Hashem means the name. There's nowhere written in Scripture in which Yahuwah told us to call him Hashem. That, that's the number one clue right there. But this was like a preventive legislation that the rabbis did because they did not want you, quote-unquote, as they were cooking up, we don't want you to get hurt or anything like that by Yahuwah because you said his name. We're not even worthy enough to say the name. When, in fact, Yahuwah wanted us to sing praises unto his name, magnify his name, exalt his name, Etc. Etc. And so the Christian church will say that as well. Well, since I don't know his name or I don't want to say it, I can say Lord or God. This is a rebound or some residue that came from the Taganites. Okay, I'm teaching you this because when we go into Mark seven, we're going to talk about these particular traditions of men, how they oppose the commandments of Yahweh and why Yahweh would go off on, quote-unquote, these hypocrites who would pick the Talmud and the Taganites as the substitution for the uh, commandments of Yahweh. Okay. The Torah during the time of Yahusha was no longer the standard of righteousness with the Yahudim. 
but the Talmud was. The Talmud, once again, just give you a brief definition, it is a massive collection of rabbinic traditions that were added as laws. The Talmud is nothing but a collection of Taganites or man-made laws. The first thing a Jewish synagogue would teach a Jew who is new or is coming in, they would teach them the Talmud. Of course, they'd give them little pieces here and there of Torah, but their teachings are solely based on Talmud. The Talmud, I believe, is over 6,200 pages long. It's uh, consisted of what they call 63 triacs, and you can get it in standard print. In comparison, the Torah of Yahweh have many commands. The Jewish people have even tried to number Yahweh's commandments. You know, you heard of 613, right? Then you add it up, and you get 10, and... They use all of this geometra, right? The Talmud contains the teachings and the opinions, get that, not actual fact, but teachings and opinions of thousands of rabbis on a variety of subjects, including what they call the Hadakah, which is what they call law, um, the ethics of the Yahudim, philosophy, Customs, history, folklore, you can talk about Esther if you like, that's thrown in there, in many other topics. The Talmud is the basis for all codes today when it comes to Jewish law. It has nothing to do with the Torah of the Nazarene community. It has nothing to do with us. The reason why... Your brother looks at the Talmud is to see what people are trying to introduce into their teachings or uh, people are putting in on social media and this is what we do during Passover. You know, you, you got to, you know, you got to have the blood of the lamb. You got to, you know, when you circumcise your child, you know, you got to allow the priest to do something with the uh, circumcised part of the child, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, these things are Talmudic. Most of these things that they are teaching you are, in fact, evil. Okay? How could you teach a person, hey, during the Passover meal, leave the seat empty for Elijah? when we know he is buried, dead, and gone. Okay, we went over that on prior teachings. Okay? The oral law of the rabbis back then was considered to be the law of the land that Shaul spoke against, just like Yahusha did. So Shaul wasn't telling people to keep the law of the land, which was the Talmudic instructions, or the Taganites, he was telling them to disregard that, keep the true Torah of the land, which was the commandments of Yahweh, because Yahweh gave us these things as we were in the wilderness experience, when they was coming out of Misraim, out of Egypt. And he says, when you get to the land, he gave them instructions as to what to do once they got into the land. 
I'm going to explain later in today's show, or maybe tomorrow's, how Christians have twisted and misconstrued the writings of Shaul, thinking that he was speaking against Torah, when in fact he was speaking about the Talmud, because in his time, the law of the land was the Talmud, but the people have got rid of the Torah, led by the Pharisees and the, the scribes, and also these quote-unquote, these teachers who they was calling rabbis. We'll go into a, a particular verse when Yahusha talked about that as well. Simply put, the Talmud is utterly impossible to understand and even more so to obey. Yahusha's message that he brought to the Yahudim was, listen, let's keep it simple. Stick to the commandments of Yahweh and not the commandments of men. You see a lot of people even on social media today who puts too much into the commandments of Yahweh and they even add rituals, customs, and things like that instead of keeping the commandments simple. Okay? Yahusha came to restore the writings of Torah and the prophets, not to abolish them. You'll read that in Matthew, the book of Matthew. Okay? Yahusha was basically overturning the rabbinic system of these Taganites. He was stripping the Pharisees of their power. This is what they was using as power over the people. The rabbis made it very complex in the of Talmud because there was thousands of human laws or these Taganites that was added to the Torah of Yahweh. As a result, there was hatred that was targeted toward the Torah of Yahweh out of total frustration because we got to keep all these laws, all these instructions that these Pharisees are teaching us. We got to try to keep all of these things. The people were not held accountable in frustration to the Torah. It was because of the Talmud, because it became a burden, too heavy to bear it. When you read that the Torah of Yahweh, his commandments are not grievous. Okay? So I'm just setting the foundation here. There was no consideration given to what was written on their hearts, the spiritual intent of things. We're going to go over that over the next couple of days. The letter was levied against the people as a heavy burden, and it was placed on their backs. As you read, remember Yahusha was saying that these Pharisees are telling you what to do, and you trying to lift it, and they're not even using a single finger to do these things. They're telling you things that they wouldn't even do themselves. That sounds like some people today, right? The environment that Yahusha came to confront was to restore and properly teach Torah. That's what he means when he says, I come to fulfill. He came to properly teach the Torah the way that it should be practiced in its spiritual intent. He was to also restore the Torah 
to get it away from the human technocrats and to reveal what we call the meat of Torah, as Paul would say, the spiritual intent, the why you are doing it. The Yahudim were badly in need of a correction because they needed to return back to Yahweh, back to the absolute belief, and back to the instructions and the teachings that he gave to them while they were on the land. What Yahusha did come to abolish was not the Torah, but he came to abolish the rabbinic law. And that didn't go well with the establishment, now did it? Because the Pharisees plotted to assassinate and to kill Hamashiach. Shaul continued that assault that Yahusha did when he was teaching the Gentiles. They were often ridiculed by the religious establishment using their power to send threats to them. With each new generation of rabbis, the Talmud, it just keeps growing like it still is today. It's getting more and more complicated and complex. People are saying, well, where's the sacrifice? Well, who's the high priest then? Then where's the temple then? Um, let's go back to the land then. Then let's do this. Let's go to the land and let's sacrifice. That's the only way that Yahweh is going to make things right. Let's look for a red heifer then. Let's et cetera, et cetera. Yahuwah said this in the book of the bottom. Let's start with today's lesson from here. The bottom Deuteronomy chapter four. Yahuwah commands the greatest form of worship that you can give him. And let's see what it is that he requires his people to do. Verse 1 says, Now therefore hearken, O Yahshua, unto the statutes and unto the judgments, which I teach you for, for to do them, that you may live and go in to possess the land, which Yahuwah, your supreme Elohim of your fathers, gives you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish out from it, that you may keep the commandments of Yahweh, your supreme Elohim, which I command you. Let's stop here. Number one, Yahweh said the statutes and the judgments which I teach you, do them so that you may live and go in and possess the land, the land which Yahweh, Elohim of your fathers, gives unto you. Okay? Make that a first note. Number two, do not add unto the word, the debar, which I command you. Shama means to hear, to understand, and to obey. He commands obedience from his people because it further shows your absolute belief in him, not to keep you constrained, not to keep you in bondage as the Christian church will teach you, that the Torah keeps you in bondage so you won't be free. No, it constrains the flesh 
and that's what the Christian church does not want. They don't want accountability. You get to do what you want to do, and then when I feel that you're sinning, then I can rebuke you. There's no order in that. Because that person will say, well, where is that written at in the Scripture? And they will, of course, show you something that you have to do that they will not even do themselves. But you should not add into the word which I command you. Neither shall you diminish aught from it. What's the most common thing? Do anybody know? What's the most common thing that they have done to the Torah of Yahweh? What they have diminished? You got it. They have removed his name 6,823 times. They have removed his name. They have added Lord, you know, Jehovah. In some Bibles you read, you see Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahovah, as uh, uh, brother, this brother over um, in the, uh, that's over in the land, I believe his name is Stone, right? You start to hear other people say that who are students of his, calling him Yahovah, right? They have taken away or they have diminished the name of Yahweh so that you would not know the name. That sounds familiar, right? That sounds like what the rabbis was doing when they were over in the, uh, you know, over in, uh, in the land of Babylonia, in the Babylonian captivity, okay, just to bring you up to speed on that. Okay, so I just want to show you that, okay, Deuteronomy, right? Um, we can also go to either Mark 7 or uh, Mariau or um, Matthew chapter 15. But we, before we do that, let's go to Mariau or Matthew chapter 5. I'm just setting the foundation and the basis here, and I have 10 more minutes. And then we'll get more to it on tomorrow and on Sunday. Let's start with Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 first. Okay? Let's go over what it means that Hamashiach came to fulfill. Okay? Let's go over that first. Matthew chapter 5. Let's go to verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law. You will read, uh, there's a term called Allah. That means to destroy or to get rid of nevertheless. Okay, so you will hear that. But this term here. Strong's Concordance G2647. Katalu is the Greek word there, which means to demolish or to halt, to throw down or to overthrow, or to dissolve. So first of all, Yahusha tells them with a Hebraic mindset that he did not come to dissolve or to overthrow Torah. Okay. He did not come to get rid of that 
or the writings of what we call the Nebaim, which we call the prophets. I am not come to destroy, to overthrow, or to dissolve the instructions of Yahweh, but I come to fulfill. Let's look this up, this word for one minute. According to the Dyer's lexicon, the word Peru, okay, Pelu, Pleru means, number one, to make full or to feel to the full, or to render fully, or to complete. So, once a particular quote-unquote Christian scholar reads that, oh, okay, he completed it. He made it full. We don't have to do it anymore. But maybe they did not read the full definition. It also means to carry into effect. Yahusha came to shine light on the Torah. It also means to bring to realization. Now people are going to see why he gave the instructions and the teachings. For its spiritual intent. Not for you just to keep the letter. But why are you keeping it? People, many people in Yahshua was doing sacrifices, but their hearts wasn't in it. You've read that plenty of times. I'm tired of your sacrifices. The word fulfill also means that Yahusha did the will of Yahweh the way that he should have done it. The, the, it this, he's showing you obedience the way that it's done. Remember Deuteronomy chapter 4? Remember that? The bottom? Talking about how Yahusha did not add to it nor take away from it. You hear many Christian circles say, well, he got rid of the ten, and then he added the two. So Yahusha, right, the, the, the obedient master teacher, the begotten son of Yahweh, he's going to take away the Ten Commandments, he's going to add two of his own to it, and then he's still going to be regarded as being resurrected. Is that what you're telling us? He was summing up the Ten Commandments with two simple scriptures that was written in Torah. We'll go over that tomorrow. Now let's keep reading, and let's see, did Hamashiach really get rid of the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh? These are things that we try to, when t- uh, pastors and bishops, etc., when they try to confront us with these things, and when we read it back to them, there's always a but. For verily I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the Torah until all be fulfilled. I'm going to talk about that word fulfilled because it's completely different from the fulfilled that Yahusha did with the Torah. Okay. It's saying 
till heaven and earth pass away. Not one jot from the smallest of the, the smallest letter of Torah to the tito. From the least to the greatest of any letter shall in no wise pass from the Torah until all be fulfilled. This word fulfilled means until everything is finished. It is over. It has come into becoming. Everything is made and it is performed. It is finished. So, Yahushua was to say, I didn't come to destroy, but I came to finish the law, and that's it, that's all. He just fulfilled his obligation. He showed everybody the way that the Torah is supposed to be taught and the way it was supposed to be obeyed. He became the primary example of how it is supposed to be done. This brings us to Matthew 15. Since we are in Matthew, let's go to Matthew 15. All right. I I like Mark 7. So let's go there. Please forgive me. Let's go to Mark 7. We'll go to uh, Matthew 15 on tomorrow. Because this gives us more detail. All right. Here's our finishing remark. Uh, for those of you who would like to join us for the Zoom meeting, uh, we're going to have that in about one hour and five minutes from now. If you would like to join us in our Zoom meeting, you can email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and we're going to be discussing more about the abomination of desolation and how this world has got rid of the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh so that this abomination will take place upon the earth to make it desolate. So while everybody's saying, well, these higher powers are trying to depopulate, Yahweh is really going to depopulate this earth at the end time. Mark chapter 7. Let's start with verse 1. Or tomorrow I will also teach you why you should not call a teacher a rabbi. You got all these people on social media um, who are calling themselves rabbi, and yet they're calling themselves children of Yahweh. Verse 1 says, Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his tamidim eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they found fault. They, they did not find it because contamination purposes, like they did not wash their hands before you eat. Of course, that's sanitary. You're supposed to do that. But listen to why they were critical of that. For the Pharisees and all the Yahudim, unless they wash their hands often, eat not, listen, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they were come from the market, Except they wash, they eat not, and many other things that be, which they had received to hold, like the washing of the cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. 
So you can see these added traditions, these Teganots, were added in to the traditions. Now, Yahusha is going to speak about how to break the bonds of tradition. I never knew what this woman told me. My grandmother was used to say that tradition would kill the church. Hmm. Verse 5. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why walk not your Tamedim according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said to them, Well, has Yashayahu or Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men? For laying aside the commandment of Elohim, you hold the tradition of man, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such as or such like things you do. And he said unto them, you full well reject the commandment of Elohim so that you may keep your own tradition. Isn't that what Christianity has done? They have got rid of the appointed feast for the traditions of man, Christmas, Easter. Okay? And they have made the word of Yahweh of non-effect. Through their traditions In closing We're going to talk about who's the least And who's the greatest When it comes to the kingdom Of Shamahim When it comes to keeping the Torah We'll be back in Matthew Chapter number 5 So what I wanted to do I wanted to bring an introduction to you To lay down a solid foundation as to what happened to the Torah, to the letter, was it? Was it? Uh, did Yahusha get rid of it? We read that he did not. That rather the Torah was elevated to the way that it should be taught, in the way that it should be done, in its spiritual intent. And there's a lot of teachers who teach the letter, the traditions of the elders, the traditions of the fathers but they are not leading you to its spiritual intent. That's what Yahuwah wants. Okay? So that's where we are at with this instruction. So I pray that this particular instruction will be able to bring you more into the knowledge of the truth. So there's others, right, that's going to say bashful things, okay? They're going to say, well, uh, you know, the Christian world will tell you, well, what do you do then about the dietary law? Paul said that we can eat pork. We're going to talk about that. Paul said you can eat anything as long as you give it thanksgiving and prayer. Well, I bless my food, now I can eat it. We're going to talk about the true meaning of that in the upcoming teaching. Uh, don't forget, in one hour, we're going to have our Zoom meeting. Um, I'm going to give everybody until 30 minutes after the hour. 
If they would like to participate, they may send me a quick email, and I will send you a Zoom link so you can participate. Um, it will be for one hour long. We're going to discuss more of the abomination of desolation. All right? So I hope that this instruction will get you motivated to study more of Yahweh's word, study or prepare yourself approved unto Yahweh, a workman that needed to be ashamed, rightly dividing his word of truth. I love all of you. My prayer, my zeal is so that the nation of Yashariel, that we all might be saved. Barak HaHaba, um, Basham, Yahweh, Baruch be the person who comes in the name of Yahweh. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom, everybody. This has been another talk, teach, and touch by instruction. Hope to see you on tomorrow. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom.